Welcome back, pod people, to a new episode of Cinema de More. I am your host, Justin Morgan. I'm here with Lexi. And we have a guest, Rachel. And you notice that wasn't Chuck, because Chuck sucks. I am re- <laughs> remarkably not Chuck. That's true. We are, fi- we are finishing Harmony Korine's saga of episodes. This is our third and final episode with his films, and we are discussing The Beach Bum, which is my pick, which is also his last film. Uh, it is. It came out, came out in theaters in 2019. He is still alive at currently, <laughs> so it might not be his real last. It's, it's his recent. current film. Yes, I think his he's most recent film. currently working on something. I'm, I'm sure he is. In pandemic, he, he probably got forced into it. Yeah, there's a possibility. I didn't pick this movie because it's my favorite. I picked it because I bought it for $10, and it sat on my shelf for three years. Dude, that's a good and price. I it's like 20 wa- now. I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was Every- like, that's a good deal. Yeah. Let's pick I, up the beach I keep bum. trying to buy it now, and it's like 20 or more dollars every time I find it, so... Yeah, it's a it's kind of a hard movie to explain. It's pretty simple with a lot of slice of life stuff. Kind of like the previous movies that we talked about. Without Chuck, we can't jump too far back into like where he thinks this director went from like beginning to end. But uh I was interested in that cuz like I feel like this was an a weird kind of ending place for him in a lot of ways like this film has such a high cast. Like this is probably the most expensive, elaborate cast he's ever worked with on a film. Like it's usually like a couple of known actors and like a bunch of just like dudes from the area. But this one, it seems like he got actors to play those kind of characters instead of just having like the community people be in there and be part of it kind of thing. It was like they took a handful of great character actors and like some musicians and just threw them in a blender and made a movie about Southern Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like some of the biggest surprise for me too was Martin Lawrence. Like that whole scene was one of the <laughs> oh funniest my God. scenes that like I've seen in a while. His part of the film is like it, it, it's, I don't understand it. Cause it's like the film's like funny and lighthearted, but like, it's still kind of like, the Corin style grounded in reality. When you get to the Martin Lawrence part, it like becomes like some kind of absurd comedy. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here with this? But it's great. Yeah. We have Matthew McConaughey. He plays moon dog, a famous poet, I guess, but not a rich poet. And he is married to Isla Fisher. Yeah. Who ends up, dying within the first 20 minutes of the movie and in her will she's going to give half to their daughter and he gets half but he his in the will the stipulation is that he has to write his book of his book of poems that he's been working on and then this plot kind of meanders like it really is strong with that slice of life aspect that we talked about where it's not exactly plot heavy. It's not even, I guess it would be character driven, but he's not, there's like no arc for this character really. He pretty much is the same character the entire time from beginning to end. But like through his adventures, I guess it kind of has a, um, uh, 
think it has an arc. Like I a Jack yeah. Kerouac, like I think it's got a strong trip, arc. Because he think starts there was out. was a really beautiful story underneath it all. There, it was a man who very deeply loved his wife and his kind of mourning process as he tries to rediscover his artistic side and grieve the loss of his wife at the same time. And you kind of watch his spiral and his coming back to, to his artistic creative side and coming back to like his, his true North as it, as it seems. So while he does make a lot of poor choices, that's kind of like his process to just kind of deal with it all and to, to make his art. Yeah, he can't function by normal standards. So when they put him in the rehab and they're like, you need to be in here for a year and get clean. It wasn't about not getting clean. It was about not being able to do what he wants and needs to do to get to where he needs to go. He was an interesting character in that regard. Like partying is not, he kind of explains it too. He's like, I don't see a lot of point in existing other than just finding joy in life and finding the things that make life worth doing. And he's like, for me, that's just partying. And he's like, why try to do anything else? He's like, this is what I want. This is where I am. And even like the ending when he gets the money, finally, like he goes through the whole process to get to the money, learning his lesson. The lesson he learns is that he never needed it to begin with. He was always fine without the money. He was always just going to be Moondog. He was just going to float through life and he'll always get by. He'll always survive. Because when he's homeless, he just hangs out with the homeless people and does what they fucking do. And they all love and him. He has a lot of connections that help him through right. it, too. Because, like, Moondog, he's got. Running from the law. Uh, <laughs> yes, that, was, that would be true. We I like how that... Jimmy Buffett. It's just there hanging out with him. Jimmy Buffett is like, yeah, we're, we're cool. We're friends. And he's just playing himself. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a pretty big role in this. Um, the last time I think I saw him in a movie was Jurassic World, where he plays a guy with two margaritas. Yeah. He's running away from dinosaurs. <laughs> so I also stupid. like, I know Snoop's not Snoop in this, but it is really funny to have, he's, he's also a musician. His character is a musician named lingerie and him and jimmy buffett are like good friends yeah and it just doesn't seem like they would be good friends in real life but in florida in the in, you know the keys i guess it it works well and let's let's not pretend that lingerie wasn't basically snoop dog anyway well corin wrote the role to be just snoop dog and then when snoop dog accepted the role he was like all right i'll take it but we're going to change the name. So it's not, you know, exactly me. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I, I don't think I felt like, I mean, I know that he's not far off from Snoop Dogg, but this is the least Snoop Dogg like character, <laughs> I guess. Uh, he's not like full of himself, you know, I guess he is still kind of yeah, cool. I don't know. He's got some, uh, I don't really like Snoop Dogg as an individual, especially now. But um, is it because he's good friends with Martha Stewart? No, it's because he hates women <laughs> completely. <laughs> he's very sexist. Like he's one of the most misogynistic people I've ever seen. I mean, it's one thing to think it's part of the act, but when it's like real, you're like, oh, it's kind of gross. So um, 
but he was really good in this movie and his character was shockingly endearing even when he realized like snoop dogg was sleeping with his wife and that like kind of upset him a little bit but he also doesn't have any ability to show that he's upset so he just climbs into the pool and starts smoking and that's his way of just handling the situation i think he was just more upset that no one told him right because it's like his best friend and his wife and like his wife and him have an understanding and they can go fuck around all they want and that's fine but like when it's your best friend carrying on a long-term affair with your wife like you kind of want to know about it right yeah and also like even his daughter knew about it like and she was she took it pretty well yeah there's, I like. One... I did like the scene when they're on the, they're on Snoop Dogg's yacht, and they're talking, and they talk about, uh, Minnie, <laughs> her tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. But they have the whole discussion of how, yeah, she was fucking lingerie, but she never really loved him, and how much she loved Moon Dog, and how much he meant to her, and all that. I thought that was a nice conversation. <laughs> like like lingerie is like, uh, she only wanted me for my body, but I think she really loved you. Yeah. And that was a good turning point for Moondog. He was like, yeah, I can see that. I was You're really left Moondog, with the impression can... at one point that it's literally just um, Matthew McConaughey and Snoop Dogg just getting high and hanging out together. <laughs> and that... And that and that the yeah, the line between acting and them just getting high and hanging out was like very heavily blurred for big chunks of this film. Yeah, and I mean <laughs> the the comedy, I I, I don't know. It's kind of weird because it's almost like it almost falls in the the pattern of a bunch of short stories. I mean, obviously Moondog goes from beginning to end through the whole movie, but he'll pick up a character for a little while, like Zac Efron's character who's like a pyromaniac. <laughs> And also has like the, he also has like the best uh, goatee haircut of all time. Like his beard yes. is just like fucking insane. And he's dressed like how I would imagine a pyro character to be in a like a nineties uh, X Men movie or something. I knew that kid. Like he, I went to school with him. <laughs> he had the jinkos and everything. It was great. I yeah, love that his excuse for all of his bad behavior was like his view on Christianity was like, well, Jesus already died for our sins. Let's yeah. go sin it up. Let's go <laughs> knock this guy off his fucking wheelchair and rob him. <laughs> he kick- uh, Is it, was it him who kicks the guy who's getting his wedding pictures taken into the water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like he. he and then they he t- steal their boat. Moondog did it earlier with that guy playing the tuba. So. That, was that was so funny. That was the best. Uh, but yeah, the comedy, like the Martin Lawrence uh, moment is hilarious. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the pilot, the the like the blind pilot where they're <laughs> oh like, God, is he a good, so pi- good pilot? And he's like, no, he's mostly blind. Uh, he's got cataracts and all that. And then he gets in the plane with the pilot. And before he takes off, the pilot's like, I'm 98% blind. And he's like, all right, <laughs> let's go. He's just like, I just get really high and let the weed take over the rest. Oh, and- yeah. And then that. Um... Okay, I watched a lot of stuff. But is this the movie where the guy had like that? I think it was that guy. He had the largest blunt of all time. Like it was like he wrapped up a, like a eight by 11 yeah, sheet they of paper. Like the one to... pound blunts going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
And then when we get to Martin Lawrence's thing, he was so fucking funny because he's another friend, Captain Wax, his name. And I, like he just starts off <laughs> being funny right off the bat because he does these oh, yeah. dolphin, dolphin tours. And he is talking about his casualties, which were only like four people last year, which is actually a pretty good number for a dolphin <laughs> watching or something like that. It's just like very nonchalant that these people died. And then the moment when they have that family and they're just like, they're too much for what, what that family is expecting. And I just love right off the bat, he's like, here's the dolphins. And they're clearly sharks. Like yeah. there's fins going around. And I'm like, I can see where this is going, and then it w- it's like a fucking ten at violent being violent for like no fucking reason, <laughs> and his foot missing. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm surprised he even got his foot back the way that shark attacked him. Right. But then, yeah, it's really it is funny with he has his foot and he's like they fished it out of the water. They fish it out of the water, and at first you think, oh, he's dead except for his foot, but. They they have his entire body. He's spurting and blood then he makes everywhere. that trade for him when he's like going in the ambulance. He's like, How about I take your hat and I'll trade you for your foot? <laughs> it's like, Yeah, I guess that's a good deal. I'll take that deal. Do do you think the hat that Martin Lawrence has on in the movie is Corin's hat? Nope. I think no. it's uh Martin Lawrence's hat. Martin Lawrence. I think he bought it and brought it. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, when I went back and I went through Corin's discography, he has 29 films under his belt, but what? he only has, yeah, but he only has about like six feature lengths. Okay, and that makes about more sense. Yeah, he has a lot of short films, and it seems like short films are actually really his like forte. So um, when you mention that this movie feels like um, a bunch of little short films all kind of connected together. I think that goes back to being very akin to his style where he's does a lot of short film work. And that also kind of does carry back through even to Julian donkey boy, where that film, even though like it has a, a an end of running story, it's also like disjointed as well. Like here's a section about the bowling alley that like completely can be its own thing. And then like when they were rapping in the, the home with the blind people and stuff like that, like his films have that interesting pacing where you they can do... always have title cards and break it up, like you're saying. Right. You yeah. could have Moon Moondog and Captain Whack, and it could be like a ten minute thing. Yeah, it's it could be it entirely its own thing. I have you never could... seen a film with less plot than <laughs> Harmony Corrin's Trash Humpers. <laughs> nothing happens in that movie. It's a movie about absolutely fucking nothing. I mean, it's about people dressing up like old people in fucking garbage cans at three in the morning. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not every, every when you're when you're as experimental as him, not everything is going to be a hit. But well, he's becoming pretty mainstream now with his uh, big cast. Although yeah. this movie, I, it was a box office failure for him. Yeah, it was four point six million intake at a five million budget. Wow. Yeah, it didn't make anything. Also, I do kind of remember this movie. I, I don't even think it was the pandemic that ruined this movie because mm-hmm. I, I think this movie was released in January of 2020. I, and like I said, it was so cheap. I was like, oh, I'll definitely pick it up. Like I was yeah. curious about it. But when I'm like, oh, $10 this, for it, this movie, I never like, I knew, like I knew about um, Spring Breakers. Like as soon as I heard Selena Gomez was in a Harmony Corrin film, 
I followed that film until it got made. I've been able to follow all of his films pretty well. Like I know when he's getting releases and stuff, this shit just popped up on Hulu one day. Like I was just on Hulu and it's like the beach bum. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I go and I click on it. Cause I was like, maybe. And then I saw it was a harmony corn film and I'm like, Oh fuck, I need this. Like I need this right now. And I immediately stopped everything I was doing to watch it. And I was like, I never heard of How this. How did you know about it? Didn't know anything how, about it. It was just. How did he surprise you though? Like it just popped up on Hulu. Like literally like it was on the main Hulu page when I opened Hulu. And that's all it was, was just like the beach bum. And it was just like the new releases. And I'm <laughs> Matthew like, McConaughey got out of his Lincoln from a Lincoln commercial. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, yeah. you doing anything uh, for the next? Uh, I'll, I'm going to pay you in weed. Is that all right? All right. All right. All right. Um, I think the single greatest fiction of this film is the idea that anybody could be moving around in Florida with that much weed freely and not be arrested instantly. Right? His whole last wheelbarrow of weed you down cannot, the street. They do in not Miami. fuck around with that down there. I've been arrested for it in Florida. You don't get fuck. You don't fuck with well, weed in Florida. That's old Florida. This movie is new Florida. Oh yeah. No. In the new Florida, it's okay. New Florida Harmony has Ron Corrin DeSantis running it. Has cast two high school musical stars. Because Vanessa Hudgens yeah, was in yeah, you are right. Spring Breakers and Zac Efron was in this. This is yeah. probably the the first like I didn't realize that Zac Efron was in this. And I've been seeing Efron's like later work that he's been doing recently. And I was like how did we not know that this guy is going to be one of the best fucking character actors to come up? Like, yeah, I mean, I heard bad things about Firestarter. I did not watch it, but he literally almost everything that I've seen him in, he was in me and Orson Welles and he was fantastic in that. And then I remember this movie that would be otherwise shitty called like 17 again, where yeah, uh, Matthew Perry or somebody becomes 17 again. And, and he's, um, Zach Efron uh, plays the younger version of him. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy's actually very, very talented. And well, I, he did Bundy. Yeah. I, I still didn't see that. It was like, I can't remember the title of that movie. Cause it's so he was good in it. It wasn't, it wasn't good, but he wasn't the problem. Like he did a very good job in it. He took the role very well. He captured Bundy very well. Yeah. So. Like in this, he's so, he's so much fun. He he's like a blast when he like I mean he's only yeah. got it's like five minutes but he got Did his you head in see the that game. movie that he's in where he plays a DJ? It's like We Are the Night or some shit. Okay, so I do know what you're talking about. It's called like We Are Your Friends. Yeah, and there's a podcast. I can't remember the name of it. I'm sorry. From one pos- podcast to another, uh, they pick one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> And they talk about it for a full year. Like they do like 52 episodes just continuously talking about this movie. And I know they did Grown Ups too, but they also did that movie, We Are Your Friend, where he's the DJ. And I know it was directed by the one guy that was on Catfish for a while, Max um, something. But yeah, like they said, the movie is so terrible. Maybe we'll have to do it one day. That's funny. Because I, I, I actually it. wanted to see it. I was like, oh, that looks like something I would watch. And then it was like, I just kind of went under my radar and I missed it. 
but that's and really the trailer funny. did not look that as bad to no me it, as it didn't they were talking about the movie but i, I do like the idea really of like let's do it like into that. what's that i get one over really easy with like club shit like movies about like club scene stuff like i just i get really drawn into that stuff so it was like i saw the trailer for it and i was like oh fuck yeah zach afron i love him he's good so i was ready for it but i never got anywhere with it yeah i mean some of the movies like um some movies are just so bad they're hard to stomach I, i'm thinking about that like last, the beach uh... <laughs> my god the beach no, no, is close. not the beach not what the beach it? you're thinking of old old yeah i did like that old. new m night schleiman movie oh i don't know what you're on what i don't want to get into that right now what could you possibly have liked about that movie it was literally like an experiment in how not to make a film uh i i don't think it's entirely bad but i don't think he is all i i also don't think he's the best filmmaker of all time no i feel like he's oddly a better director than he is a writer and like i thought that he had some decent ideas that weren't well executed and he's not the best actor to continuously put himself in such <laughs> like large roles in his movies. Yeah. Uh he like and I, I feel like these the cast like didn't have a lot of time to know what the fuck was going on. Like the whole oh, plot you, that you he, mean the, the cast whole... that came directly from the, the acting school across the street that had just finished their course? <laughs> so first of all, a lot of these acts here's another thing where it's like, what's going on? I know a lot of these actors from other projects and they're good actors. So you're like, well, what's happening? Like, did they not have a script or I've never seen they, such like, bad acting in my life. Like and I've seen, I've seen people where they them. do improv and it's like, there's actors that just, they're not good at improv. Yeah. So when they find out that they're on a movie that has improv, they're like, Oh, well, fuck me. Like I, <laughs> I'm not, I need actual lines. Like I can't riff off people. <laughs> uh, well, so, oh. so who's the who's the better uh indian director uh corin or Shyamalan? corin <laughs> no it's m night Shyamalan. corin and i hated trash humpers so much i told lexi if she ever made me watch it again i would leave her well <laughs> but Shyamalan might be there with old i mean his worst movie ever is his avatar movie whatever that last airbender I I liked that is, one. <laughs> well, see, I guess we're discovering that you can like things that aren't good. <laughs> is is Harmony Korn uh, Indian? Yeah. I've never, I've only ever heard their name. I've never seen anything about them. <laughs> I think, I think he's Indian. He just he looks like middle, a white guy to he me. He could be Middle know. Eastern. He, he ain't white. <laughs> He's an American director. <laughs> that doesn't. You could be anything. any anything from America. I'm right. gonna see where his. Di he's Jewish. Okay. He's Iranian Jewish immigrant. Okay, that makes. He's sense. He's not even close to India. What are you going no, on not. about, Lexi? I thought he was. I really did think he was. God, pick it. That's fine. We corrected that. You're like, you picked him as your Indian director. No, I. Yeah. This is my favorite Bollywood director. Harmony Corrin. <laughs> Steven Spielberg no is my numbers, favorite Bollywood you know. director. Yeah, oh, Spielberg's pretty good. <laughs> well, we no, got I mean, course. I 
No, there's no off course because we're all moon moon dogging it, you know? That's right. that's the episode. We're just gonna go through life, man, just kinda like enjoy it's, this podcast, you know? It's a really simple film. And like you said, other than like kind of going into like pulling on scenes and stuff, like there are we can get we're gonna get more into it, but like it really isn't a lot to talk about. Like it really is a dude getting high, stumbling around to a lot of like Jimmy Buffett style music in the background. And literally well, Jimmy Buffett music. And then Jimmy Buffett and then <laughs> and it's then like, like typing on he, his typewriter like, and you guys like, like Skrillex? I bet you like Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> yeah, where was um, our where was our melodic slow Jimmy Buffett song for when the wife died? Even I was just about to talk about the wife. Uh, even though she was only in the movie for maybe 15 20 minutes, I think they did a really really good job at establishing the emotional connection between Moondog and Minnie. Like it was impactful when she died, and they did a really good job showing how devastated he was by it. I love Minnie. I think she's a great character. She's great. She's fantastic. I think that's a good actress too. Like everything that she's in, she can make it. She's a good comedic actress too. Yeah. But this was like, I don't know. You thought that things were working out for them, and then even when she ends up in the hospital, it is kind of a shock the way that she just dies. Right. Yeah. But uh yeah, She's like, I just I'm like okay, JK. <laughs> Moondog like getting kicked out of his mansion cuz he doesn't technically own any of it. And uh I love him finding all the homeless people to like take over and well, I guess vandalize the hotel or I want to say hotel, the mansion that used to be Moondogs. His daughter's his like daughter's the fuck like, are you doing? Why did you do that? <laughs> Why would you destroy your own home? And that's somebody that I recognize from one other movie, Krampus. That's the girl from Krampus. She's like the first one to oh, die from okay. Krampus. Hides under the car. She's the one that like everyone keeps leaving to go find out. Like to like they put themselves out there because she's lost. I saw that at a drive-in. Were you like, yay, Krampus? Actually, I was with kids and I kept scaring them the whole time, so it was fun. <laughs> How did you scare them? Did you keep leaning over and be like, "That this is pretty accurate." The, the little one was very like not taken by it, so I just kept messing with her. Uh, you can't you can't do that around me. I am mean, even with kids. Not mean, <laughs> but I, I fuck with anyone. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh, yeah. It scares you, does ab- it? They're not above it. Yeah, exactly. They're 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 not always easy targets, but somebody's got to do it. I mean, I think about things like the fucked up shit that I watched as a kid that, I don't know, I enjoy it. I still enjoy it. Right. I mean, like, some things that are fun, people are like, oh, yeah, that's for kids, like, Gremlins. Gremlins still has pretty scary moments in it if you're a kid. Like, I don't know, the woman. I was terrified by (laughs) Gremlins when I was a child. We had one of those WB stores. Yeah. At the mall and my mom would take me there and I was like, absolutely not. I would not go near the area where they had the Gremlin statues. Yeah, I've never seen it though. No, but I fucking did not like those statues. (laughs) Well, they have the cute gremlin and that gets you gizmo, and then there's evil cute gizmos, but then they turn into gross gizmos. 
The eighties was like a hard makes time. No for that sense kind of stuff. The roles of that movie is my favorite of all time. It doesn't. It it, it doesn't. It has so many inconsistencies that they yeah. can't even. It doesn't even make any sense. But yeah, this there's a scene where the mom's like finds the hatched eggs and she's like, I don't know. She has to fight off like four different gremlins that are like one's hiding in the tree, one's on the counter, and she's like fucking throws them in the microwave and nukes him. Uh, but yeah, but they, then they do funny things that. like they're gonna go watch Snow White. You know what I mean? The scene when they climb into the fountain and they all start popping. Yeah, that's really disgusting. Or when they uh, kill the neighbor with the bulldozer. You yeah, know, like that. The sequel's better. I feel like you guys are just making shit up at this point. Like, <laughs> you gotta do a, yourself a huge favor. There's this key and pill sketch sketch where they're talking about the um they're doing like a writer's room or something and they're pitching a gremlins to put in gremlins too and it's like a five minute sketch and it, everything's ridiculous and off the wall but the best thing is if you watch the movie every single one of those gremlins <laughs> have made it into the movie oh like, yeah they're like what do you want your gremlin to be and like i don't know vegetable yeah <laughs> it's vegetable like all right gremlin vegetable gremlin he's in <laughs> and then there's the the one that gets becomes pure electricity and gets stuck in the electrical system yeah there's sexy how, uh, gremlin how did these movies get made you know <laughs> i was fuck? just like I, that's the thing is like <laughs> the 80s was a time when they didn't quite know how to bring horror elements into kids stuff so they kept making these like kids based like horror kind of things from like that time period and they were all like fucking terrifying like <laughs> they all crossed way too many bounds i well, they do weird like... things like there's a bat one and it and when it busts through the wall and escapes it has like the batman symbol for some yeah. reason because it was warner all right, brothers you guys will have to bring me back around the holidays we'll do an episode where i make predictions about the gremlins based on pop culture and then watch the movie <laughs> <laughs> there we go but uh, Giz yeah, Gizmo is still the best, and I know that they've been talking about trying to do like a third one, and there's like an animated series or something. I never, I don't, I think they should let it go, just move on. You can't let anything. No, you have you to. You have to make a sequel on. to Top Gun forty years later. Yeah, I. You know, I'm kind of excited about it, and I did see a review that's like it's the ultimate dad movie, and I'm like, I am absolutely is. going to give my money to it and go see it in the theater, probably opening week. But that doesn't yeah. mean it was necessary. I hate Top Gun, so I don't really want to see a sequel. Uh, when I saw <laughs> Doctor Strange, they showed like a five minute scene of, of Top Gun, and I was like, Yeah, I'm in. That's it could funny. just be him fucking flying around the whole <laughs> the whole movie, and I'd be like, Yeah, man, this is it. This is the I saw I Doctor Strange at the Alamo theaters, and they had um, like a five-minute Bob's Burger. That's what short they went with. that they put in. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. No Top Talk Gun about something that doesn't me. need a fucking movie. Bob's <laughs> Burgers. I don't even hate the show. I love it. I'm just like, can we not? Like, what's the point? Stop. Well, that's like my favorite thing about Top Gun is like the trailer does a, a shitty job being like, yeah, he. He never left, but he also never took rank. And I'm like, this is it. This is a perfect movie for me. It's, it's shots of him driving around on a motorcycle or in his his jet, fighter jet. <laughs> so, Fantastic. Switching keys. What do you think the future for Corman is now? Now, now I can ask this question. I feel like he's going to go 
back a little bit. Not that he st- he's going to stay away from celebrities, but I think he's going to go the route of like Spring Breakers where he's going to have one or two well-known people and kind of go back to his old ways. Or Honestly, I think he'll become more experimental because he has something that looks like a like a big budget film. He has something that looks like the typical movie that's drawing in a lot of people. But he's still fucking around with his tone and Yeah. That meandering tone of the beach bum is just it's it See, doesn't it doesn't feel like how Spring Breakers definitely felt like the evolution of his previous work. Yeah. Uh, beach I agree bum with that. feels like something new and I I don't know if he's He's just going to go try something completely different from that point on or what? But I think it still captures his essence of his style. Like his cinematography was absolutely throughout that film. No question. Like that raw, gritty, like holding the camera, like nothing like too much on a dolly. Like everything had this very like raw quality and he did a really good use of color. Like he was really good with using like he's a lot of pinks and blues. Like they were like really prevalent throughout it which are very miami kind of colors so like he did a good job of showing the transition between the keys to going back to miami and then getting back to the keys like those aspects really crossed over really well like he was really good at capturing the essence of each one of those areas and how they like run and flow um his knowledge i don't know what he's doing down in florida and why he's down there so much but like spring breakers and then this film he really understands Florida. Like he visually captures it so perfectly. And the people that he introduces in his films, like they're like a hundred percent Florida people. Like we were, I said, I said, I thought this film was based on a real person and she looked it up and it was like a group of people that he'd been hanging out with in Florida. And he just kind of based this film around them. And I was Very like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, except for Buffett, he played himself. Yeah. Right. But it's just like, Harmony Corn love... actually partied with Buffett and then <laughs> I think I think when you start to study Corin's films and you start looking at his films, I feel like his films are less like I have a film and more that he goes somewhere and hangs out. And as he hangs out, he starts to become he he doesn't hang out like as an outsider. He hangs out by immersing himself in the community and kind of becoming part of the community. And by spending that time in those communities, it's what jogs his like mind. And he goes, all right, I got an idea. And then he sits down and he executes his like concept, whatever it might be. And I think that's really the filmmaker that he is, is a person who's not really writing a story, but that he's spending time in places taking on the culture of the places and then going, how can I visually capture this and give this to other people so they can see it? What's up? I didn't mean to cut you off of that hard, but yeah, you're good. where, where do you think his next movie should take place? Alaska. I don't know where he can go. Cause the thing is, is like, he's not allowed to leave Florida. Okay. Here's the uh, Florida's, like, or or do you want more Florida? Like, do you want? Another I don't Florida know, because like, here's the question you have. He to could ask do yourself. Northern Florida because he did Central Florida. He did Southern Florida. He could do Northern Florida. I haven't seen his film, Mister Lonely. I haven't seen that one yet. That was I. I always forget about that fucker. Um, but outside of that one, his subject matter, he seems to go to 
areas of America that are like low income, low intelligence, not intelligence, but low education. That's what I was looking for. And kind of immerse himself in that. And when you look at his skate culture that he comes from again, that goes back all towards that. He hung out in like a very degenerative kind of group of people and spent a lot of time with that. And when he wrote kids, he was just writing about his life at that time. He wasn't writing about like a story. So I think like he's really good at spending time in those places and capturing them. But I think that with beach bomb, there is sort of a feeling of an evolution to Corin is not hanging out with the trash anymore. He's not in the gutter. He's kind of moved up a bit and now he's like cutting it with, you know, the upper crust. And when you go to that side of things, you learn that even the upper crust has their fucked up, bizarre, weird world that they exist in. And so I think he's starting to like immerse himself in that. And I could see him either going towards making a film, maybe possibly about like LA or California or something like that and capturing that darker side of celebrity life and doing something around that or maybe modeling. I know that sounds like, like, but I feel like that's a good direction I could see him going in because I think he would do really good at capturing those worlds. His use of color, once again, like, I don't know what phase of color he wants to go into with this one because, like, he does have, like, phases of colors with each one of his films. Like, Spring Breakers is, like, super, super pink and green. This one's very blue and pink, whereas, like, you know, uh, the other one's, like, well, so I think it's the colors of the area. Because, right. like, so yeah. it's about immersing yourself in the color of the area. I guess if he wants to stay in Florida, there are plenty of more disgusting areas of Florida. But I don't know if I want to see him go much higher into the upper echelons. Because I think Miami and the Keys, I think he's pretty much covered all of that. And then he's covered the spring break aspect of it. And I think he's really gotten the Florida life down. So I personally would like to see him move. I'd like to see him do California. That's what I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I'd really like to see him do genuinely is a movie about skateboarding. I think the future for Corin. <laughs> I think Go the ahead, future Rachel. for Corin um, <laughs> um, is going to be that like high end indie film. I don't think he's going to go for a lot of the larger production company films anymore or be hired for it because Beach Bone was such a box office yeah. flop. Not to cut you um, off, but he actually, the Spring Breakers was eight, one of A24's first films. Okay. So I was going to say, like that A24 grade yeah. seems like right kind of where he belongs. He kind of he kind of built A24 to what it is in a lot of ways in that okay. regard. Calm down, Lexi. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Take it down a notch. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh, when you're talking about the, when you're talking about like, high trash i guess i think of current <laughs> events and i mean i didn't follow it like perfectly but this trial that's going on now with i was Johnny about Depp to say he could do the biopic about the tribe and watching amber heard's uh cross-examination all day she's such well, a train wreck think about this like honestly <laughs> a lot of these characters are kind of in this beach bum movie like it's these it's these people that have a lot of money and it's just the fuck 
I mean, on top of that, although uh, here's another thing we didn't talk about, but I just thought of. This movie does a wonderful reveal of Moondog being like filthy rich because he starts off like a vagrant, essentially. Right. And he's he's like the first like 10 minutes of the movie. He doesn't seem to have anything to like people are interested in what he has to say, but they kind of build him up like he's the town drunk. So they're just like right. letting him letting him grab the mic and. And, and give a poem or some shit like that. He's just that. a harmless, drunk vagrant they just hang out with. Yeah, but then he gets that on that boat, which it does seem like maybe he stole the boat since he's, like, pushing people into the water and stuff. <laughs> but then he shows up, and his wife's, like, it's, like, their mansion. And right. then I think there's, like, another shot where he's, like, I don't know, he's driving, like, what is it, like, a Lamborghini or some shit like that uh, because he's, like, forgot about his daughter's wedding. It's and a it's McLaren. Like, Oh, there you go. No, that's what that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted yeah. to know. <laughs> no, that's that's it. It's the end the of episode. Bye. Yep. <laughs> There's only one way to figure out what a car is, and you have to do an entire episode on a movie that has that car in it. Yeah. And call it the wrong car in front of Lexi. And Lexi will correct <laughs> you, and now you know what the car is. <laughs> Why you gotta call me out? I am so brilliant. (laughs) I can't help that I'm more car knowledge than most of society. Honestly, I don't know why it took me so long. It's like over 200 episodes to get to this point of just trying to figure out (laughs) fuck this car was. End of series. End of podcast. Bye. Yeah, I, I, I think we have to. I, I don't think we we start season two. What are they building up to now? Yeah, just season two starts randomly. They're like, I don't get how where season one ended or how years of episodes fit into one season. He, if he wants to stay in Florida, something that I think that he could do a really good job with is do you do you know that story? It's a fairly recent story. About that kid that's down in, I think it was Miami. It's a rich area anyway. One of those, like, either that or St. Pete, actually. And um, he was racing with that other guy, and he had a Mustang. And he hit that woman and her baby and killed them. And now the dad and, like, the whole family are just, like, trying to pay their asses off to get this kid completely, like, out of this. Like, completely out of trouble and, like... It's one of the craziest stories ever. Like, it just keeps getting more and more bizarre. And, like, I thought it was over with, and I keep hearing more stuff about it. And it's like, this guy killed a fucking woman and her baby. Like, is that the one with the like affluenza or whatever? The like, I'm too rich to understand the consequences of my actions. Yeah, there's that. And then, um, they keep telling the kid, they're like, your car had a computer in it. We know how fast you were going. And he's like, no, you don't. And they're like, no, we have it right here. Like right here in front of you. And he's just like, nope. And it's just, he's getting weirder and weirder. Like that would be a story I'd like to see Corin tackle. I think he could do that really interesting. I think Corin could have done the, uh, that movie we watched about the people who live in the motels on i drive oh oh uh florida project, florida project yeah, yeah, yeah he could have done something along movie. those lines very well that's a very corin type film that's like like i said before like that's the kind of filmmaking that i gravitate towards so i just kind of like that raw gritty real story 
based around like really, really poor people. It's really interesting. I mean, hey, poor people need a voice too. They do need a voice. Like I know that sounds like a joke, but like they really do need a voice and you know, I mean, it's a culture a voice... that you don't get to experience a lot because you're not poor. So having that ability to see like genuinely how they live and not or see them... somebody that's like you, you know what I mean? Uh, nobody wants to see somebody like me. They might. How do you know that? I don't Until know, my you Instagram get corn make a five million dollar movie based on you. I don't want to see who anyone plays you. You know who they the play? You know who plays groups. you? Josh Gad plays you. You know why? Because he's from Florida. I don't know who that is. That's <laughs> the voice of um. Wait, what's his name? I want to call him Zoloft. Olaf. Olaf. Yeah. Said, uh, you you remember oh, we watched uh God, you wa- no. we watched Hamilton. Yes, I remember the guy who played about. the king. Yes, yeah. the king and Hamilton. No, no, that's that's Jonathan Groff. I'm yeah. Oh, I get the two confused. You're talking. Yeah. They're pretty much he's the talking, same people. He said it's Olaf. no. Josh Gad is really obnoxious. I hate Josh yeah, Gad. Now I know terrible. who we're talking about. But but he's from Florida. I'm not from Florida. I'm from Canada. Well, things are gonna change but in the movie. You, you're you're a thick girl, so Rebel Wilson's gonna play you. Oh not God. And or, I will be played uh, by Pitbull. Megan, no, not Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I am so here for this. Uh, it's pretty much perfect casting. Yeah. <laughs> Who plays Jacob? Leslie Jones. Yeah. Oh, Leslie <laughs> Leslie Jones would be a great Jacob. <laughs> This show got unhinged. We, we I always... love Leslie Jones. Like She's I'm not gonna great. lie. <laughs> what did I see her in recently? Our flag means death on HBO. She was great in that. So I wanted to watch that, and then it, like all the episodes are out, and I'm like, how did I miss this entire show? Like I never, like I never knew any of it aired. Or did it so not good. air? Did it just go on HBO Max or whatever that is? I think it aired. I waited until all the episodes were out because I hate waiting for shows. I'm so watch, impatient. I just want to binge you, it. Do you watch Raised by Wolves? Nope. Oh my god. Right I don't want to ever hear about that show again. I'm watching Better Call Saul. <laughs> I'm watching Barry. I have one episode of Lisey's Story to finish, which is funny because it literally is eight episodes and it started last year. Uh, so that's we're waiting how long on Barry. We're going we're gonna to wait for that to all come out and then watch it at once. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. And it's, Barry's it's excellent. Quick, too. Good. Oh, you're waiting for the whole season or the whole yeah. show? It's the whole season. season. Okay. We've waited three years for this season. We might as well wait another few weeks for it to finish airing. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, so what happens is I don't watch anything on Sunday night. And then Monday we'll end up like recording something so I don't get to watch anything again. Or like Tuesday. And it's like I don't want to fall behind. And the only time that I'll stay up and try to watch something is if it's like a heavy water cooler show and yeah. I get ner- like Game of Thrones. Like I was like, I have to stay up till 10 to watch the show because every yeah. fucker in the world's going to ruin it for yeah, me the next exactly. day. Oh, yeah. 
That's exactly uh, how I was with that. And like films, I go see uh, the midnight showings of the Marvel movies. And when Star Wars was still coming out, I'd go see those because I'm like, don't you dare fucking spoil this for me. World. Yeah, literally Spider-Man <sighs> and Doctor Strange. I was like, I'm just staying. I couldn't see him till Saturday. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to stay off the Internet. And that's what I did. And it's weird. You realize how addicted you are to these devices when you just pick up your phone. And you're like, no, put it back down. Like, right. you can't just keep like don't look at it and you just have this instinct to look and you know what i look at when i look at my phone nothing i don't need it i pick it up i'm like how many steps did i get today (laughs) you know like uh i find i'm the most interested like i'm not someone who uses their phone when they're driving like it's not a thing but like I find I'll be driving. I'd be like, I should text somebody something. And it's like, no, but it's like, I'll be sitting at home and it's in front of me. And I'm like, no, nah, that's good. I don't need to talk to anyone. I don't need to whatever. So I get like, like weird times. I'll find a meme and I'll laugh. And I'm like, it's going to this person and this person. And <laughs> this one won't get it. So they're not going to get that one. Uh, so is so this yeah. the part in the podcast where we just start dropping Dr. Strange spoilers? Yes. Uh, my favorite spoiler is the end. <laughs> <laughs> it, the movie does end. Big spoiler alert. Uh, it's probably my favorite post credit in a while. That was freaking hilarious. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I know, well, you we're spoiling it. Just listen to us. <laughs> I don't uh, really care, honestly. I'm fucking, I know that Sam Raimi directed it, but outside of that, I'm just kind of like, I don't really care about these Marvel movies anymore, like at all. Uh, it really is Evil Dead Four. I saw people call it Evil Dead Four. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, funny. I see that. Fair. Yeah, I don't know. It was another movie too, and I, I guess this happens a lot. Like with Doctor Strange, I didn't have any interest in the trailer at all. Like it, nothing in that trailer made me be like, I gotta see this movie. It was literally like, oh, shit, it's the first Sam Raimi movie in, like, 12 years. <laughs> I'm in. And then, yeah, Beach Bum was kind of, like, similar. It was like, I know that this was the movie following Spring Breakers. And it's like, okay, it's still in Florida. And is McConaughey, like, the new alien? Like, is he the new James Franco <laughs> character in this? And Certainly wasn't. No, he's a completely different type no. of Florida. Yeah, but real as hell. Definitely, I've se- I've seen these fucking guys. These guys just live in Florida and never wear a shirt. Dude, these guys live in Vegas too. We've seen uh, them on yeah. Fremont Street. You also sound like an old fucking person, like so. You're like, yeah, uh, these guys just go around with no shirts on. Okay, <laughs> there was a guy who lived in my community in Florida, right? Never wore a shirt, brown as could be, like just from being out in the sun all the time. Guy built a fucking pickup truck out of um, those wooden edging things that you use to build planters, those rounded ones, like not even flat ones. Like, yeah, he got two axles and not even a chassis, two axles and an engine. And then he built an entire pickup truck out of those wooden two by four things stuck the axle on it stuck the front end of it put the engine in it drove it around town the thing had no windows it was literally just made of these and it was legal for him and he lived in my community and like i saw this guy every day down at the boardwalk 
fishing off of the boardwalk, never had a shirt on, never wore a shoe, just like shorts. That's it. This guy was like all over my town growing up. Like I, it wasn't I mean, like he, it was he was like it's just like that's just Florida. Like that's just what it is. Are you ever going to be able to get over your jealousy for this guy? Right. No. And how cool he was. Well, I mean, if you could live life to your fullest to that extent, I mean, that's living. I it. mean, I am a little bit jealous of Moondog. He's like gets away with so much shit. His life is fantastic. Right. So Hot, ways. rich wife doing whatever the fuck he wants all the time. His life is great until his wife dies. And then it, I mean, I want to be able to just like and... walk into a pole and then no one questions me. Right. Right. Just do no, anything with just, confidence. Justin. That's the key. Just do whatever you want. Do it with confidence. Your head, ha- your head held high, and no one will say anything. It helps that he's attractive. You can't Is really he? tell too much, like under all that makeup. I don't think. McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah, like McConaughey. The- yeah, but under all the uh, moon dog makeup, or he's hot, but like. With all the moon dog, it's like mm, he does look like, like a like homeless person in this. Yeah, I don't know. He's a sexy homeless guy. He, he was still attractive. I mean, he was ripped. You want to fuck fuck that homeless guy? Maybe. <laughs> I want to hear descriptions like that, like as a homeless guy, but as a sexy homeless guy. <laughs> yeah. You driving down the street, you're like, damn, that was a fine homeless guy. <laughs> oh. And then the guy's like, I'm not homeless. I'm Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> This is just my role, my current role. You're like, that, Matt, there are no cameras around. You're just high. <laughs> that homeless guy's ass is so fine through his three pairs of pants that he's wearing to survive in. Speaking of clothes, <laughs> I like how Snoop Dogg's like, you have to dress as a woman to to get away. And then it clearly doesn't work. And then he just keeps dressing in women's clothing. Yeah. And will not address it. <laughs> those those um, poets, those surf poets, they were like actually a really big thing in Nova Scotia. We have like problems with them where all there. the nice surfing and beaches are. So there is actually a shocking amount of surfing that goes on in Nova Scotia, even though you wouldn't think it. It's just we have a lot of rocks, so it makes a lot of like big old fucking waves, you know. Because that's what helps break the, you know, when they put the brakes, they get the big curls and shit. So. I really think you've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. What the hell are you talking about? Nova Davis. Scotia is famous for its S- wonderful surfing. Surfboards. <laughs> that's the same with Pittsburgh. All the three rivers. If you can't surf the three rivers, you're nothing. <laughs> I will find a picture of one of these surf poets sitting on the fucking... Weird Nova Scotian banks. So they're more poetry than they are surfing. Is are you I sure would, they weren't? Well, I mean, old I'm gonna sea guess captains. Only like two months out of the year, you can probably fucking surf there because it's always snowing. So this gives you plenty of time to write. I like it. <laughs> like, why are you out here, man? And it's like <laughs> my poetry is its strongest in this place. I think, I think we're pretty much trailing at this point. <laughs> We are doing exactly what happened in the movie. Our We're podcast. on a journey of self-discovery, much like Moondog. Yeah, going I, off the path we are tonally following the movie. We've we actually are tonally been on track the entire time. Are you Martin Lawrence? 
No, I'm not even that funny. Um, <laughs> this honestly has That's been a shame because, you know, Martin Lawrence isn't very funny either. So, No, he nailed it in this movie, though. I, I don't did. know where it came from. I don't know if it's him because his, his stand-up is pretty good. But it's, then he's done some like kind of shitty movies lately. Older age him is funny. He does shit like this where he shows up in weird stuff and he plays like weird side characters. But like peak Martin Lawrence was not funny at all. Like I hated the Martin Lawrence show. I hated most of his movies. Like Big Mama's House was a pile of shit. Like I do I, like the Bad Boys movies though. I'm not I'm not huge into those, but I will not call You've those. You've never bad seen films. Bad Boys 2. I've seen I've seen Bad Boys <laughs> 1 and see- 2. Did you see Bad Boys 4? No, I haven't. For Life? I haven't seen it's that the third one. one. Don't yeah. be confused. I actually do want to see that one. It wasn't time. a bad movie. I no. mean, it probably wasn't the best movie, but... I mean, him and Will Smith have great chemistry. Like, they they really did a good job in those films. That's what carries those movies. Because if, if they didn't have the casting they did, they wouldn't be good movies, so... It's a good buddy flick. Like it's a solid buddy flick. Yeah, I love buddy flicks. I know Some of my that. favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you're always talking about your buddy flicks. Yeah, it's because I don't have any friends. Oh my god, you talk to so many people all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> They're just strangers. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hi, I found your phone number online. <laughs> Yeah, what's up? Talk to this stranger. Uh, I would like to talk to you about my Lord and Savior buddy films. <laughs> They've saved my life my, and made me realize I need a buddy out there. My favorite buddy <laughs> film is Sam and Max, the one with the kids, who the one little kid thinks that he is a um, a government super weapon, M.A.X. Why am I thinking of like a rabbit? You're thinking of Sam and Max, the cop series, the animated cops, where it's the <laughs> okay. rabbit and, and the dog, and they're detectives. But uh, there's a movie called Sam and uh, like Max, like M dot A dot X, and it's like this '80s, early '90s buddy flick about these two kids because the one kid thinks that he's a government experiment, so they runs away, and the brother runs away with him, and somehow they end up in a Ferrari. Oh, maybe one day we'll do that. Buddy films could be interesting. Our favorite buddy films. Yeah, uh, so just so everybody knows, because this is important, depending on when you're listening to this, we're going to take another two-week break, and in two weeks, we'll have our new director. I'm not going to say who it is. I'll just let it be a surprise. I can say My who it choice. is. My choice. What? I can say who it is. Just ruin Anyone everything. Anyone can say who, who it is. It really wouldn't ruin a damn thing. I will say I'm greatly disappointed you're not covering my favorite film by that director. Um, That's Chuck's fault because he picked the weird one. <laughs> I love Chuck's pick because I've never seen it and I've always wanted to. And I'm like, for what we're covering, we have picked the most bizarre set of films from it for sure. <laughs> like. None of them are what anybody would expect. It's not the well, mine's one of the more popular ones, but I'd say I'd say yours is the most popular and mainstream Definitely, yes, of the yes. group that we're doing. But even it, it's like and it's it's always known for kids stuff, so it's like you picked the most adult one. Like by far. Like that is their most adult film they've ever made. So 
good. Wonder what we could be talking about. Hmm? So hmm? I saw that. I saw that. Subscribe came out. to the podcast, so and then it'll be there for you. <laughs> Who I knows what we Lexi's speak joke. of? I just hear laughing, and I was laughing oh, at you. Good. You're good. I'm just getting too tired. I guess. Yeah. Um. Sorry you to go put find you on a nice spot. beach to take a take a. Sleep There's no on. beaches around here. I'm in Pittsburgh. Maybe I can find <laughs> some po- good poetry though. Rachel, to put you on the spot, I don't know if you have anything that you'd like to plug, but you may plug it. Uh, I have nothing. I do nothing. If you want to listen to old episodes of the Three Deemers, I'm on a good portion of them. Where can they find it's about that? it? Everywhere podcasts happen. It's a podcast. Everyone knows where to find them. Lexi's like a bad teacher. Like when the, Thanks. you know, when somebody's asking <laughs> if anyone has questions and then you get the fake teacher question from another teacher. Like that's what Lexi does. Right. Thanks. Uh, what These if people are fire, listening to a podcast. Escape? They know how to find them. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people say, I don't know how to listen to your podcast. I'm like, listen, I'm always posting links. Just fucking click on one of them. <laughs> right. Now you found the podcast. It is the year of our Lord 2022. You can find a podcast. Google it. <laughs> it's the year of the tiger. I'm a tiger. That's how I know. I, otherwise, I would have forgot already. My niece I'm is obsessed dog. with tigers, and that's the only reason I know. No, you're fine. I'm a cat dog. That's a show. Yeah. Cat dog. I'm so a. Cat I'm a Leo. Oh, you're more of a SpongeBob. No, I'm a Leo and a dog. So I'm a cat dog. One fine a day horse with a horse and a, a Scorpio. Some sort of terrifying horse with a <laughs> stinger. Oh, like that reminds me. I gotta watch the movie Black Scorpion. Uh, it's an old black and white movie about a giant ass scorpion uh it's on my to watch list for some reason because somebody brought up a show that they were working on and there was a character named black scorpion and i i I probably got this backwards but they replaced the character because there was some allegations or something i don't know i honestly don't even know if i'm allowed to be saying this so instead of recasting they wrote a completely different fucking character uh, and inserted them into the shit that they've already filmed. And I was like, I don't understand the insanity behind that choice. But one of the characters were the Black Scorpion, and I looked it up, and there was like an old 40s or 50s movie called The Black Scorpion. And that's current. Well, I guess it isn't current anymore. It was my picture on Twitter for a while. It's this very ugly, like deformed scorpion it doesn't even it's one of the worst looking things i've ever seen but it looks like kind of happy or cute or something like that um but yeah that's my that's the movie i'm gonna see the only black this has been a productive podcast is that one from like the late 80s early 90s where it's like the chicken like the weird cat suit has like the face mask she goes like kung fu i think you're talking about the scorpion king no. I'll find a picture of it. Okay. <laughs> Modeling clay <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson Scorpion King. Oh my god. 
Uh, hopefully we didn't scare you away. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I've played the role of Chuck. <laughs> you sounded just like him. If you didn't introduce yourself, I think nobody would have noticed. Nobody would have known. I'm a great Her character mic. actor. Her mic popped less. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but maybe nobody will notice because through the magic of editing, I might have scratched a lot of it. Nice. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>